recovery, if you go through alcoholism and addiction, and basically there's two, in an addict's life, there's two duns, yeah? And one of us, one done, everyone shares, which is dying, and the other's done is you stop using and drinking. So if you're done before you're done, then you have a possibility of another life. Yes, and that's what happened with me. Something intervened. I was, uh, it was just a regular day at the office. Yeah, I had been in two years of a program, 85 to 87, graduated with honors, and then I went back out again. Very quickly thereafter, I left. And I went on a run, or something took me on a run, it's more like it, because I see alcoholism and I see selfing as a parasitical movement. Yeah? I see what's in your head. You're in head, you're, what's, the thought system that you're listening to is infected. It's got a bias that, that its whole premise is that you're a body. Yeah? And then it goes to such outlandish lengths of now the body may end up wanting to become spiritual, but how can a body become spiritual? It's impossible. You just see that you're not a body, that's what spirit is. Yeah? Because if you try to become spiritual as a brain and a body, brain is part of the body, you're going to have to be incredibly vigilant and constantly working on it because it doesn't stick. Yeah? It has a, it has a, a momentum to flake off. Yeah? And so you have tons of experiences, but they never lead to an awakening. You don't wake up to the fact of what's going on. So you call experiences spiritual experiences, and we're hoping that if we get enough spiritual experiences, it'll like it'll get to a certain amount of some, and then it'll turn into an awakening. But awakening is not an experience. An awakening is you're waking up to what's already so. So there's not even an event. Yeah? It's like... You may, your story as Paul would be, oh, at this hap- this, there was a happening that occurred, but if the happening that occurred is always happening, was it a happening? Yes? So, if waking up to what's always so, that's not an, that's not an event. It's a continuous, infinite event. Yeah? So there is no happening to that which is always happening. We translate it as, oh, I had an event and my mind shifted and this and that. But what it seemed to shift out of was an imaginary state, so therefore there was no shift. In fact, the imaginary state is the, is the solution. When you see that what you took yourself to be as so isn't so, you see it as imaginary, that's the solution. Yeah? So... This idea of awakening, I believe, humbly, that we are all right now awake. You're demonstrating demonstrating it in your basic condition. You're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching, and obviously you really have nothing to do with it. You didn't wake up this morning and go to a seeing class and practice seeing. You know, you're not... You're not discriminating what you hear. If your ear is open and it's working, you're going to hear whatever is happening, any sound. If I, if I take a vow, I'm never going to see a bird ever again, and my eyes are open, and I look out a window, and a bird flies by, I see the bird. Yeah? So something is prior to our being Paul. Yeah? Paul is an afterthought. Yeah? That, it comes after conscious contact. And every one of us, our whole day, no matter how many experiences or whatever happened to you today, the baseline was seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching. And in fact, you had nothing to do with any of that. Yeah? 
The seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, you have never practiced touching. Yeah? You're, not, you're not practicing hearing. You can't go, you can't hear more. It's just hearing. Yeah? It's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. That's the conscious contact. The conscious contact is consciousness is in contact, seemingly here. It doesn't say you're in contact. Because you're a mental idea that comes after the consciousness that implies it's before the consciousness. So now you think you're conscious. <laughs> and then suddenly consciousness becomes a commodity you can gain and you can lose, and all there is is consciousness. <laughs> It's such a beautiful, beautiful answer. Because we're trying to make something that isn't so seem to be so or not so to us. But what it, but we're trying to make that which is always so seem to be so or not so to us. Yeah? Consciousness. So now I want to become more conscious. But that's based on the idea that you could be less conscious. Which is impossible. Have you... Has... The seeing, let me just riff on this and then. The seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, has it demonstrated any thought or effort today? No. It didn't, it demonstrated no thought or effort. I mean, it didn't demonstrate the thought, any thought or effort when it was the worst day you ever had, nor the best day you had. Yes? It's always there. It's hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting, touching. If you had 30 sense doors, it would be having 30 sense experiences. It's not limited by the doors that are available to it in this interface, yes? So consciousness is, that's the awakening base, yeah? And now, we're running around as if we could be asleep to that, or we're actually running around as if we could be awake to that. Now, to be asleep to this incredible inherent fact is a lot of fucking work. To be awake to being awake has no work involved at all because you're awake. You're inherently already awake. So just to come into compliance with that is definitely the easier, softer way. It's the huffing and puffing that we have to go through. That's why there's so many freaking thoughts all day. They're creating an impossibility as possible. Yeah, that you're a thing. Yeah, and that you're the one that's conscious. Yet you have never done seeing. You've never seen. There's just been seeing, there's just hearing, there's just feeling, there's just tasting, there's touching. The mental state arises, claims to be the one who saw, the one who felt, the one who heard, the one who tasted, the one who touched. And it's not true. I'm telling you, I've seen it. Yeah? The mental state, there's a great master, Ramana Maharshi. He says, this is like the, this is the first pregnant idea in this huge space. And the pregnant idea was this. It's a presupposing of a non-existent thing wanting to get salvation for the non-existent thing. You see? So you take yourself to be something that you're not, and now you want to get salvation for that which you're not, when at all times you are the salvation that you're seeking for. Yeah? The salvation is from the non-existent thing, not for a non-existent thing. When you see what you used to call you as an activity, yeah, that non-existent thing is seen clearly as a non-existent thing, then there's no drive to get salvation for the non-existent thing. That's the salvation. 
You lose the need to be liberated because what needs to be liberated is what you're not. This head seemingly taking itself to be this body. That needs relief. And you can watch everyone's behavior. Everyone's day is how to seek relief for this. Yeah? And it's never going to end if you take yourself to be this. But inherently you're not that. This is going to go on as it goes on. It's an action figure. It's been wound up. It's going to do what it's going to do. It likes soy lattes instead of milk lattes. And all this stuff. But there's it, none of that stuff truly says that it's doing anything. But the mental state goes, if there's an action, there must be an actor. Yes. If there's a thought, oh, I must be the thinker. Yeah. If there, oh, I, there was a, it doesn't go hearing, it goes, I heard something. You see? It always claims to be the one that's doing a lot of shit has nothing to do with. I see, it's a perfect example. I went to, did a talk back east a couple of years ago. I hadn't been there in a while. And so my hair had grown. So someone came in who used to know me and said, Hey, Paul, you're growing your hair. So I said, Yeah, I'm growing my hair. I'm doing a pretty good job. And he was balding, so I said, You're not doing that well, you know? So I said, No, what I've done, I've joined a group of people and we grow our hair together. And it seems to help. I'm growing it quicker. And I, we're gonna, I'm asking you to join the group. And I could have gone on and on how proud I am of my hair and this and that. But all I'm doing is not cutting it. I have nothing to do with the hair growing. I don't go home on Saturday and grow my hair. <laughs> it just seems to happen. Yeah. With absolutely I have absolutely nothing to do with it. This is the beauty of it. But where the selfing, the thing that drives you crazy in alcoholism, in recovery, the problem resides in the mind. Yes? What is the activity of the mind? Thought system. The thoughts are driving you crazy. Not because they can, but because you think they're yours. That's what gives them permission to drive you crazy. Yes? The whole point is, a thought is a thought until it's your thought. Then it's got a lot more weight. And every thought that's going, that you are hearing during the day, there's a subtle sense of claiming it, the mental state is doing, and the claiming of it, it's, it's vague, it's vague indication of footprint is mine. Yeah? So now a thought is held as my thought. I believe I'm the object of the thought, like that thought's thinking about me, or I'm the thinker of the thought. That's the bonding. That's what we wanted to drink for. We wanted to get out of there. That's why people shoot themselves in the head. They don't shoot themselves in the elbow when they kill themselves. They've come to the point where the relief is so paramount they're willing to go down with the ship because they, they are completely identified with that. So they figure, for me to get relief from that, I've got to end my life. Boom! Yes? The thoughts are thoughts. I could have your thoughts in my head and I have an immunity to them. But the same thoughts, if they're held as mine, can affect my whole day. It's not the thoughts. The thoughts are being used. Yeah? Just like the feelings are being used. Just like the actions are being used. They have been claimed, to, and how they've been used is every action implies you're the actor or someone else is the actor. So that motherfucking did it to me. Yes? Every thought implies I'm the thinker of it or the thought of it. Every, every seeing implies I'm the seer. Every hearing, I'm the hearer. Every feeling, I'm the feeler. That's the bondage of self. It's plain and simple. It's an activity. And it's, if, it's, if there's a belief in it, you're going to fucking want to get relief. You're going to get want to get relief. It's going to be a huge imperative. 
you're going to shop, you're going to have sex, you're going to drink, you're going to shoot dope, something's going to happen, you're going to act out because it's unbearable. You're irritable, restless, and discontent. Yeah? And your own faith, because faith is not a religion, faith is a force of mind. And faith is going to manifest here by the vehicle it's put in. If you have faith in the failed thought system, it's going to produce tons of anxiety from the realm of what's not happening. Your next week is going to dominate your tonight. Your three years from now is going to be more important to you than tonight. Your past will be like a giant eclipsing event on tonight. Every time people come in here and they're bummed out, it's never about tonight, it's about last week or next week. You know, Jesus supposedly brought someone back from the dead, Lazarus, brought him from the dead. That was one of his big miracles, supposedly, in this little catalog of miracles. But you know what? We're bring, we're, he, at least Lazarus was alive at one time, and then he died, and he was brought back. We're making shit out of nothing all day. We're like incredible miracle workers. You can ruin your Hawaii vacation before you even get to Hawaii. I've done that. Yes. <laughs> but the beautiful news is you haven't done it. Your head has done it. You keep, you keep pledging allegiance to it. That's why it continues to have strength. Yeah, the same thing in recovery. People see, there's a statement in the big book right around the inventory process. It's, this was where, this was a, when my head shifted and I saw the sentence, and I used to do these fourth step workshops for 19 years. I looked at this chapter every week for years and years. But I saw it totally anew, and it was a simple statement. It says, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, that cannot happen here. It's got to go deep in somewhere. This, this is a dualistic binary system. It's convinced and unconvinced in like five minutes. It flips like this, always, constantly. There is no conviction in this, ever. Yeah? So, being convinced to believe with certainty that self... And my sense of self is a long is the feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a thing. Yeah, and this thing is given meaning by taking itself to be the doer, the haver, the thinker, the feeler, the taster, the toucher. Yes, this is the shift. So the importance that could be on spirit is now put into this called it's called self-centeredness. That's the system we're living under. So everything is seen as how it pertains to us in self-centeredness. So this problem resides in the mind. The thoughts are being used to constantly circle around this planet Paul. Yes? All day. Creates a hostile hostile atmosphere for Paul because Paul is fighting storms that aren't even happening most of the time. Paul is totally convinced someone's out to get him when no one's thought about him the whole day. Paul is definitely thinking, my girlfriend's sleeping with my best friend, when he has, it's just on and on, and he has such assurance in what's made up, it's unbelievable, yeah? It's an incredible delusionary event, really. You get so myopic when you look at life through self-centeredness, you really do, man. It's all about you. (laughs) So, it says, being convinced that self... Yeah, manifested in various ways. Right. This is a beautiful statement. So self, this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, is going to manifest in various ways in my life. 
Yeah? So self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. So it's been a beautiful statement because now it's taught, it's categorized self as other than you. So be convinced that self manifests in all these ways has defeated us. We're the us, yeah? Alcoholism is like a parasite, alcoholism. And it, it, rides, to, it rides millions of hosts, but it's only, it's got one, it's got a limited amount of characteristic. It's one parasite that's living a life through millions of hosts. And every one of those hosts, when they're under the extreme tyranny of that, believe the thoughts of the parasite are their thoughts. They believe, they're, ready, they're willing to, be, to die for the parasite to be right. They're willing to give up loved ones, children, on the commands of the parasite. And if you don't believe the power of it, you can look at nature, man. There's a, there's a uh, parasite now in nature called Toxo something. It's got a long name. They call it Toxo for short. Toxo is in about 20-something percent of humans in their brain. But it's in, it's in tons of animals, tons of mammals, yeah? And each parasite has a huge, very incredible degree of difficulty in the idea of reproducing. They have a very difficult... They, they don't have, like, Match.com they can go to. This parasite can only reproduce in the stomach of a cat. Yeah? So that's its main drive. It finds itself in the stomach of a mouse. Or somewhere in the brain of the mouse. Now, how the hell is it going to get over to the cat's stomach? Yeah, it can't call Uber. It can't get, there's no bus line. And, and it's going to be, how am I going to fucking convince this mouse to go to the cat? Yeah, well, it does. Jacks into the mouse's brain, and it tells the mouse, when you see a cat, run right up to it. With the hopes that the cat will eat the mouse, the mouse will die, the parasite will end up in the cat's belly, and then it reproduces. This is what it does. There's a, there's a mushroom... They're so-called cordyceps. There's a lot of species of them. Cordyceps was the first one I was introduced to. This one is incredible because, again, the imperative is to reproduce in nature, yes? So these, all it has is spores, and it has to hope like the wind will blow to the right place or an animal will come by and hit it, yes? So it's a very dicey thing. It doesn't like that bet. So what it does is it lands on certain insects. It lands on an ant... And it burrows into the ant, the spore. And it jacks into the ant's brain and tells the ant to go to a place the mushroom would like to go to. Yeah? As soon as the ant arrives at the mushroom's destination, it kills the ant and it grows right out of its head. The, fun, the amazing thing is, there's all these different species of cordyceps mushroom, mushrooms and they target it a, a distinct insect. They, all, they don't all attack ants, they attack different insects, all the different species but with the same drive to have that as a vehicle to get them where they want them to get to. Yeah? So that's amazing. Eh? And yet we think we're immune to being taken over. Alcoholism is a parasite. It's not, it's not a thing parasite, it's a mental parasite. You can't take an x-ray of it, but you can see its effects on an x-ray. You can check out someone's liver and see what it's been doing. Yeah? But you're not going to find it. It's not in the elbow. It's the problem resides in the head, the brain. Yeah. So it uses you and I for transportation. Now people, every one of us has, has the stock version of self-centeredness here. We're all being driven. Because to me, really, the original addiction is the mental state's addiction to being a self. That spawns all the other addictions. 
Because I didn't care about drugs and alcohol. I cared about getting out of my fucking head when I was a kid. That's what my drive. If it could have been, if sports would have worked, I would have stuck with it. But I needed something immediate. And so alcohol and drugs I found, and it seemed to work. But of course, the consequences and the dues I paid. But at that, after a certain period of time, the parasite was running my life. I was listening to it like it was the Greek oracle. My whole life was dependent and relied on an unreliable system. Therefore, I ended up exactly where I was going to end up, at those three, those three parking spaces near the end, which is institution jails and death. That's what happened with me. And I saw a lot of the same models in the same place. They've been taken over by the same parasite. Their ethnicity, their upbringing was all erased, and they were in the same fucking place I was. Yeah, it's not unique. We're not special. We've been taken over. That same faith, if it can be moved, and this is the incredible, the incredible gift of recovery, which is self cannot get out of self. So if you're identified as a self, and from there you study obsession with self two years in a row, that's obsession with self. You see? If you're at, like we say in recovery, we have to quit playing God. So what's selfing but playing God, yeah? So the head tells you how the day is going to be before you even get up. It tells you how you are, how you're going to be, how the whole future is going to be before you even get up. So that would, I would imagine that would, could be called playing God. So that which is playing God, we say in recovery, you've got to quit playing God. But selfing is playing God. And so if selfing stops, tries to stop playing God, that's another form of playing God. Yes? You can't get out of it. So all right, I'm going to stop trying to play God as what's playing God. Uh, you'll go on and on. It'll be like a, a slinky in the eternal staircase of hell. You just start going, oh, you're never going to get out of it. Because the good news is you were never in it. That's the solution. You can't... You cannot escape from an imaginary place. It's impossible. Every time you pursue another journey to get out of what you're not in, you reinforce the idea that you're in it. It's your attempting to get out of it what gives, that gives it the meaning of being real. Yeah? The solution is you see the problem is imaginary. The best... How long would it take to get out of an imaginary place? None. No time. We haven't been in it. What would you need to get out? Nothing. What do you need to do to have relief from what's not happening? Just see it's not happening. <laughs> what more do you need to do? <laughs> Literally. I mean, I could have made, I could have worked one day and never worked again if I, I could have become like a psychotherapist and my specialty was what's not happening. I'd have everyone signed up for an hour, but I, had, I knew what was going to happen, so I had 60 people in one day. They'd come in, stop bitching about what's not happening. I'd point out to them, that's not happening. Hey, I'll see you next week, Mr. Jones. I'd get another, that would be one minute, another person, and I'd not have to work. I could work half day, and that would have been it. 
That's the solution. Oh, no, I want you to hear about it. I know you do. People want to co-sign it because it's this collective dreaming that gets very powerful. So I make a lot of calls, and it gets verified and verified and verified. Now what's not happening seems to be a dominant influence, but it's still not happening. The only way it can seem to be happening is when you're allowing it to be happening. Yeah? What's not happening cannot produce an effect. It can be used to produce an effect by what is happening, which is us. But what's not happening cannot produce any... Next week cannot produce an effect right now, unless it's thought about by you. (laughs) It cannot produce an effect, unless it's thought about by you and me. Yeah? What's not happening can only seem to be happening to what is happening, which is us. <laughs> we, we can make something out of nothing. We can't create it because it's, it's, it's nothing, but we can make something out of it. So we make a lot of something out of nothing. And then that something becomes idealized now, and it becomes more dominant than the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching that's occurring right this this moment. If you want an anchor, the power of now is that it's not escapable. That's the power of now. The idea of trying to get into a moment is based on an insane idea you could ever be out of a moment. You've never been out of any fucking moment you've ever been in, ever. You thought you were, but you weren't. The surveillance camera have you where you were, you know? <laughs> no, no, wait to the end, right? So, what, so, this whole drive to get into the moment is based on an insane assumption you could be out of the moment, yes? So what would happen if you saw you can't be out of the moment? That would be the experience they're trying to sell a book to you for, that would be the experience you'd be having. You'd be, have, be having an experience of being in the moment, but it wasn't based on you getting in the moment. It was by based on a realization that you could never be out of a moment. That stabilizes. Yes? That stabilizes. That becomes a norm. You've got, that whole illusory idea has been dismissed. All right? <laughs> I can never be fucking out of any moment I've ever been in. You're never getting gypped here, ever. <laughs> You're completely here. Like, we don't want to be here. We don't like to be here, but we cannot be... There is not... This is all there is that's happening. The few, if you have... If you idolize an idea of a future here, and you're making it mythical because you have it there, when you arrive there, it's going to be here. It's all imaginary. It's like stars that can never break out of the atmosphere. You just shoot stars thinking, oh, I could, have been, I, you know, I could have been a professional surfer if I hadn't gotten run over by the car, but I got run over by a car. It wants to excuse these basic facts in the action figure life and then just rush on, oh, what I could have been doing if I didn't have a broken leg, but you have a broken leg. <laughs> I mean, there's no argument with that. It gets very simple. You just get pared down, economized. The thought system constantly tells you to turn left, and maybe once in a while you turn left. But, like, even a broken clock is correct twice a day. 
So, you know, it throws out the shit. One time you do turn that, and it, oh, you see, no. You're not listening to it anymore. You hear it because you're conscious, but you don't listen anymore. It's totally different. It's like you're having a bothersome radio station in the kitchen when you're out in the back. You know, you love it to be turned off, but the fact is it doesn't seem to go off, so you're just not paying attention to it anymore. Because my attention and interest now is not being directed by the mental state. I am not looking for fucking anything. Maybe a latte during a day, you know, or a pair of pants. But I'm not looking for some mystical goals. <laughs> <laughs> That's all fucking done. This urban renewal project was called off about 15 years ago. No fucking budgets go into this. I mean, I take care of it, but it's not like the center of the universe. <laughs> That's way too much for a poor object. Can you imagine that, let's say you have kids, yeah, or significant others, and maybe you've thought like 15,000 thoughts about them. And yet, combined to like the two trillion you had about yourself, <laughs> you had so many fucking thoughts about you as a sin universe. It's way too much for this poor thing. This thing cannot cannot bear the burden of being everything. It's just an action figure. Yeah. In my case, it's like a Toyota. It's utilitarian. It's not meant to be on front of the rose parade every year. It's just like, you know. So the thoughts, you lose interest in the thoughts, but you don't lose interest. The interest gets unwedded to the dead preoccupations, and now it starts enriching your day. Yeah? Now the faith is in the right place. Now you're having faith in what deserves or actually is... is uh, Yes, deserves faith, yes. Now, you have faith in what's happening instead of what's not happening. Yeah, and it becomes very, very powerful. Because, see, what's not happening, anything can happen. Anything. You can have cancer, you can have fucking everything. Anything that your head can come up with, it can seem to happen. And this moment doesn't have all of those possibilities, but it has one thing what's not happening doesn't have, which is it's happening. Yeah? Right now. It doesn't need any more salesmanship or advertising. It can override all of that because it's actually happening. <laughs> you know, you're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. This is it, like the old Kenny Loggins song. This is it. Make no mistake who you are. <laughs> this is it. So, yeah, so... The addiction is, if you had contentment, you'd want, I haven't had a thought or a feeling of drink and use for 28 years, ever. This was the greatest solution I've ever had in this place, was recovery. Because we, they talk about it on page 84, the problem doesn't exist for me anymore. That's a fucking great solution. Because that was an incredible, influential, driving force in me. It was like a radioisotope, radioactive isotope in me, I had such an urge to escape from that imaginary place. Man, I was just driven constantly, like rapidly. Yeah? And then one day, it was removed. The first day, the, the last day I drank, it was removed. And it's never come back. 
So I don't even need skillful means, means to deal with alcoholic thoughts because I don't have them. I don't have thoughts that drive me to a drink. I haven't had a thought that, that had anything about the greatness of drinking and using for 28 years, nor a feeling. It's unbelievable. So really, basically, the problem was removed. Something no human power could do it. My mother couldn't do it. The state couldn't do it. But something sure did. Because I've been you know, continuously sober for almost 29 years now. And the longer I go, the easier the softer the way is. Because spirit maintains itself. See, if that which you need to maintain to have a daily reprieve from alcoholism, which is your spirit's condition, is your true condition, yeah? That this is so beyond knowing and maintaining, but you're actually being it, that's the highest form of maintenance, is to be what you are. Yeah? You can't know what you are. You'd have to be something else to know it. You are that. Yeah? The only thing you have a possibility of doing about what you are is being it. Yeah? You can know what you're not. That's what we do here. We try to share about what we're not. Because in knowing what you're not, you'll, you'll have a sense of being what you are. Yeah? That's how it works. By trying to become what you are, you'll never, never be that. You cannot do and have yourself into being. Yeah? You, knowing does not mean being. Knowing is actually a neutering. So this is a great master in Ramana Mahashi says, to know God is to be God. Yes, that's what it's like. You are that what you're looking for right now. It's only in the thought system that you don't think so. Really. So if you read the book, it'll tell you how self defeats us. If you're intimate with that, and then you get relief from that, you'll truly see the problem from the solution. And truly from the solution, the problem is an activity. It's called selfing, how I call it, which is the act of being identified as a self. Yeah? It's a complete verb. There is no self. So it isn't like the verb and then the self. It's the act of being identified as a self is a verb. That's the, all the mental activity. The thoughts are being used to facilitate it by the, by the sense of mind. So all the thoughts are being used to point to you as the thinker. All the actions get claimed, and all the actions are used to point to you as the actor. Yes? All the feelings get claimed, the feelings are used to point to you as the feeler. The consciousness has even been claimed, and now you think you're conscious. You think you're the one who's seeing things, hearing things, feeling things, tasting things, and touching things. But it's not true. Yeah. So this is about having the horse finally in front of the cart, and then you start riding through life, and it'll make sense to you. Made a very, very, very clear sense. Blue will be blue, and red will be red. Things will become clearer, with no effort or thought on your part. It's almost like the veils of saran wrap will be removed, because they actually were never there. And then you cut, you know, you're seeing, and then you're seeing, and then you're seeing, and then you're seeing, and, then you're seeing, and the HD returns, and Yes? And now you're what you're looking for. 
and your face is not irritable, restless, and discontent, you're satisfied and content. Yeah. You have an ease and comfort in where you are and in the skin you seem to be in, and there you go. And if you have those things, your idea of enlightenment may get dismissed immediately, because really all you want is that, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And then your interest attention gets dispersed. Yeah. And you'll notice, man, I sit with people in rooms, and you can see they've got, it's like, you know, like a kid pig pen or something in the peanuts with that cloud of dust. They've got this, their interest and attention going out all the time, but it goes, returns to this, like, like asteroid belt around them. It's a self-centeredness. And then it goes out a lot, looking for what it wants, you know, this and that. But it always returns, gets sucked into about you, about you, about you. So in recovery, we do things to get out of self. So you break out of that little gravitational pull, and what happens? You feel available, finally. And and when you're feeling available, you sense a presence, and we give it the name of a higher power. It's your own presence, in my view. Yeah? And you feel that way. But then the habit is to go suck back in there, because immediately, when you start feeling available, it claims to be, oh, it's me feeling available. It's me feeling the presence. And then suddenly, the presence and the availability are neutered. Yeah? As soon as you show up, the party sucks. Yeah? So when you see this, yeah, so now the selfing is always looking to replace what is by some symbol it has. So if I get that or I get this and this and that. So all day your interest and attention is being focused. Focused. And then it goes back into this like maelstrom. And you know, all it is is a movement, but then the, the movement is so there, it's it, Almost we become like a hologram inside, you know? The mind sees us as a body. What happens is, when you lose interest in all that stuff, the interest just starts hovering, yeah? It's like a space, and it's the presence, really. It's electric, but it's not being provoked and moved. It's resting, and then it has what it needs to do to deal with things. But it's not going back into this. It's dispersed, yeah? That's the sense of fucking space, you know? That's like the sense of awakeness. It's allowed to just sort of float, in a way. Now it rests there, it has tons, it has plenty of attention and interest to deal with what happens today. But what the mental state wants to do is send it all into what's not happening, where it's always going to be overmatched, because how is it going to deal with an imaginary cancer? How's it going to deal with 20-year memory that actually never even happened? How is it? It's just going to disperse you so you'll feel like you're, you're not here and then you'll want to do something. Buy something, shoot something, uh, do something. And all the while, everything that gets provoked by all that, your head will keep claiming it to be you. So you'll be wearing, you'll, be the, you know, you'll have the yoke of all the guilt and shame of all the shit you think you did. It's unbelievable. It's slavery to me. Really. It's total slavery. And we're the slave master, we're the slave, we're the chains, we're the whip, we're everything. We're playing the whole role. The Course in Miracles is, I don't know if you ever heard of that, because they say a beautiful statement, which to me is basically the diagram of everyone's day here. And it goes like this. It's you and I are the dreamer. I don't like nouns, but so I say you and I are the dreaming. So you and I are the dreaming of this dream. This is not a dream, it's just dreaming. Yeah? Mind is dreaming. 
We're in an act of dreaming now. Yeah. So you and I are dreaming this dream. We forget that we're dreaming. Now, how the hell does that happen? I don't believe it does, but it can seem to happen to us. So we can believe it's happened. Yeah. That's the whole word seemingly they use in the foreword of the big book. We are a hundred men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Seemingly means it appears to be true or false to you. So when I was an addict, it was a hopeless state of mind and body. In recovery, it's a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Yes? It doesn't appear to be true anymore to me. Then it appeared to be true when I was under its throes. Then I got relieved. Now it doesn't appear to be true. So everything here is seemingly so. It appears to be true or false to you. So you and I, you and I are dreaming the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. I believe by being identified as the dreamt, yeah, the non-existent thing. Then in this condition, we now give everything we're dreaming the ability to affect us as this. And I would say that's what's happening all day. So we dream. The thoughts are being dreamed. Dreamt, yes. We call them ours. We own the thoughts. They can own us now. <laughs> we own the feelings. The feelings can own us. That's what happens, doesn't it? I've seen people's day ruined by one thought. One fucking thought. One vague sense ruined like a 15-year relationship. We're like miracle workers here. We have a lot of power we're not aware of. And it's not being put to good use in a lot of cases. It's being put to sort of reinforce the uh, delusion that we seem to be in. So, you and I are the dreamy of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. And in that condition, we give everything we dreamt the power to affect us. Where would that change? By realizing you're not the dreamt. If you realize you're not the dreamt, then there's the dreaming of the dream. And as it says in, in, in The Course of Miracles, you and I are, are dreaming the dream. We're going to dream ourselves out of here. And as we do, the dream's going to get happier. I would say that's from my experience. It doesn't say it's going to go on forever. It's going to end because when the dream gets happier, you're close to the end. <laughs> it's not an extended play. <laughs> so you're going to dream yourself out of this dream. I believe we're doing that right now, tonight. You may not be aware of it, but I am in this condition. So I see this as dreaming yourself out of this dream, these meetings. You can sense it in the room. It's got a certain energy, yeah? <clears throat> so, yes. Any, any questions you want to ask or something? Yeah. <clears throat> what the toughest thing for me is you <laughs> well my obsession with something I thought, so and I'm sure you've gone through this so me it's women and I'm like super super picky about them I go years but then I find one and I have this one going on I mean I was at the bars the other night I thought I saw she may have come up someone I was doing some writing someone came up behind me and hugged me and I didn't even look behind and I have this woman that's in my life it's been going on for two years so I'm totally obsessed with her. All these weird happenings and things. And as these things like that keep happening, like I'll the obsessional lesson, lesson, lesson. And I know that the the best answer is to go help someone else to get out of my obsession. Do you have any tools for getting out of an obsession with a woman? Realizing you're not in it. Well, right. What's going on? But no, I always just let it hit you. Realize you're not in it. There's the obsession, there's an obsessioning, 
But there's, it still doesn't mean you, see? And it's telling you something. You will deal with an obsession much, much better than with your obsession. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Seriously. Once it's your obsession, it's a whole different well, piece. Me and her having an obsession. two selves having interactions. There's two spiritual beings having interactions. Not all the time right now. Yeah. I get it. But then when these interactions do happen, these, I, the obsession just sticks and grows stronger. Lessons. And yes, yes, go help other people. Especially with the sex thing, for sure. See, there's skillful means. It's like, let's say you're... Like the course, we're talking about level confusion. Let's say your house is on fire and you're burning up. I'm not going to tell you there is no house and there's no fire. I'm going to tell you where to get some water. But then maybe when the water fires out, I can say, hey, bro, do you realize that every time there's a fire, you're there? You know, maybe point out something to see your role in it. You know what I mean? So maybe you'll see what's actually going on. But... That, what you're involved with now, needs skillful means, because the obsession, you know, you're seeing it, you're looking from it, really. So, if you're not seeing it, and you're looking from it, you need a lot of skillful means. AA's suggestion is to do service, yeah. So, so that will pull you out of your little orbit, and maybe you'll get a little relief, and maybe the relief will be enough to sort of la- allow you to linger on that side instead of going up the SSL again. Who knows? But, yeah. But I always go back to the last thing. Just ask, who is it that has the obsession? And don't look for an answer. Just lay it in there and see. You know, use a, a tried-and-true methodology called self-inquiry. It can, it can be a nice wrench in the works. So, like, if there's worrying about next week... I have no, I don't care about what I'm worrying about or anything. I just ask, ask, I could ask, who's worrying about next week? Yeah. Because I don't care if you're worrying about what next week. Why do I care so much that I'm worrying about next week? What makes the huge difference? Well, it's about me. And the other one's about you. I see if it's about you much differently than if I see it's about me. So let's question the me that seems to be so influential. Ah, you're the only one that's going to experience next week. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. You can't guarantee that. <laughs> but I'm not going to experience next week tonight. <laughs> I'll have enough. I'll have what I need to deal with next week when next week arrives. <laughs> why do you want to extend that? Why, 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 why do you want to bite off more than you can chew? I mean, it's enough just to be here, isn't it? <laughs> to navigate a Wednesday is more than enough. <laughs> to navigate everywhere. See, if you look at your head like a GPS, you know, that GPS is a failed system. It's, it, it offers you maps from 1965. <laughs> that I used to listen to when I'd go out at night and go, oh, wise one, I'd like to be happy, joyous, and free tonight. What should I do? So I'd say, well, go to the bar, shoot some pool, get drink some beers, cop some coke, go out dancing. You'll end up with a girl, but I always usually ended up in jail. <laughs> so i go home, get out the next day, and go over to the Greek oracle, hey, I'd really like to have some fun, especially after I was in jail last night. So he'd tell me basically the same thing, I'd do the same thing, I'd end up in jail. And I'd be amazed, why, how could I have ended up in jail? I listened to the same fucking failed system. 
Yeah, so it really, if you can see it as other, it's going to go a long way. So we use the word parasitical, movement, foreign installment. You don't, if you see it, if you keep calling it you, it, you're, you're in bed with it, basically. You have to get a little distance. You, see, that's what it says in AA. It says, all right, manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. That's the statement, yeah? So self... This mental activity manifests in a lot of ways, and it defeats you through the ways it manifests. And it goes, all right, we're going to look at the number one, you know, we're going to look at resentments. Yeah? Which, if you follow the logic, a resentment is a manifestation of self in one's life. Yeah? Fear is a manifestation of self in one's life. Then why do everyone keep, keep calling the resentment their resentments? And their fears. That's the identification as self. How are you going to get out of the problem while you're identifying with the effects of the problem? Or even worse, it's feeling something that's not going on right now. What happened? Exactly. You have to see the act. It's not like you would, there was a self that got you. It's not like bondage to self. Like, I'm bonded to this chair. Yeah? So there'd be some handcuffs that could bond me to the chair. Then I could be released from the chair and leave. Because there was the chair and here's me. It's bondage of self. So basically, it's sort of like in old England, they would say, uh, Mary of Kent. Yeah? So Mary, this lady, came from Kent. Yeah? So bondage is of self. If, you, if the self gets dismissed, the bondage isn't available. You see? So we're in the act of constantly reapplying the glue to seemingly bound, to be bound of self by claiming all of its expressions out of our expressions. How are you going to see the parasite that if you keep, when you see it, you call it me? When it's demonstrating itself and you keep calling it you, I would say that's the act of being identified as it. That to me is the, is the dilemma. It's easy seeing. AA, everyone I've ever seen do an inventory process keeps saying they're, they're, they're my resentments, my fears, yet the statement in the book says they're expressions of self, and we're us. We're different. Why? So, if you keep claiming the quote-unquote problems effects as yours, that's being fucked, basically. How are you going to get relief from it if you call it you? Yeah. Yes? At the beginning of this evening, you talked about they're not my, they're not your thoughts. And of course they can't be my thoughts if there's no me to have thoughts. Yeah. Exactly. So it's the ownership. Yes. This ownership, this claim of ownership over body, thought, experience, feeling, whatever, that is actually the, the issue. Yes. And because they can't create something as being real that doesn't exist. No, but we can. We can make something, because we are real. Yeah, they're, impl they're implying. Exactly. But in, in the, up to now, it's implied that if I have a feeling, it's my feeling, and that my feeling makes me think that there is a me. That's right. That's having that feeling. Yes. Which then strengthens the feeling 
and then gets the thought started moving. Exactly. Well, you, your next move is if see the thing is, let's say there's thoughts, yes, and you're not the thinker. So the thoughts, and then there's a, something arises as a thought that says you're the thinker. So now this thought implies it's before all other thoughts. This is what produces so much frustration because. This being before all the thoughts implies that you should have some control over the thoughts that you're having, which doesn't seem to work, does it? Like you could say, hey, oh, thought system, you're under my control, I know this, so at 11 o'clock I want you to stop, I want to get a good night's sleep because i got that big job thing tomorrow, and then start at 8 or 1, you know, so I want 9 hours straight, no thoughts, and then you're up at 2, 4, 5. See? So it's very stress, frustrating because you're not getting the message that's being obviously implied because you're very stubbornly identified with you have, that you think you have power where you don't have any power. And that's when you experience powerlessness is when you keep exerting power when you don't have any. So you're trying to exert power over thoughts and you don't have any power over the thoughts. If they're yeah? your thoughts, you should be able to stop Exactly. So all this goes on, it's this way. That which comes after has implied its before. How does it do it? That which happens, it claims from here, and then the claiming flips it to being the doer. Yeah? So it comes later, it claims what's always happening. You see when people go, I didn't want to feel that. Yeah, but they felt it already. The feeling came up already, and there was consciousness about it, and then they came later, but then they go, I don't want to feel that, because they imply, the implying is, I'm before that. And if before that implies, I should have some power over what comes after. Which it doesn't work out, because it's a mistake. So what's, what comes after can be seen from what's before, or when you're seeing like from what comes after, it denies what's before. How it denies consciousness is by saying, I'm the one who's conscious. That's how it denies it. It makes it a commodity or an attribute that it can have from here, when in fact, consciousness is prior to it all. Consciousness is what's living here. We're not. We're the interface. Yeah? We're not going to the store. We're driving the passenger to the store. Yes? The car isn't going into the store. We are. Consciousness, this is the drug, this is the vehicle. Yeah? Or the interface. It's just nice to have, like you say in recovery, hey, you've got to get to the exact nature of the wrong. Well, it's also good to get to the exact nature of the right. So if you see... What's happening, if you, if you see the selfie, you won't be looking from the selfie. That's where the relief lies. It isn't finding the greatest skillful means to try to minimize the effects of distorted view of selfie, which is what we're usually left up to do. In other words, we are constantly trying to find new pair of glasses to correct the distortion of the original pair of glasses. But really, the original pair of glasses, we've taken to be our eyes, so we've never felt around here. We never entertained the possibility, I could take them off. We have a way of looking that is a program way of looking. It's not seeing, it's called self-centeredness. It can be taken off like a pair of glasses. They are not your eyes. But we don't ever go and check it out. We don't question it. 
We just start from a false point and we just keep looking forward. And every time we look back, we just go back to this. We never go... We never... This is out. All right, bro. This is out. Yeah? This is out. You can see it. So we're out all day. When we go back, what we call in is out. We just, we, we just dwell on a thing. When we need to get a breath of nothingness, we got to go back in and get fucking rejuvenated by spirit. We don't ever get there. We run into a big billboard with our happy face. And then we butt out again. So we're out all the time. The intention and interest never gets to rest in its true poem, which is nothingness. It's constantly on things all day. And it goes back to a thing all day. It's, it's a slavery. The, the point is, if you don't... This is what happened with me with recovery. This day it occurred, my 11th year or so. It wasn't anything. It just, it just it crystallized, and it had already been there, or has been there. But the crystallization was, when I saw that I was not self, yeah, the next thing that I could entertain, which was always available, but in the condition I had been that I seem to have been in, was made unavailable, was I could be free from it. And that's on the money. That's, that's, that became the last answer in my life. I haven't looked for any other answer. I've just been entertaining what that has brought about. I could, I, as soon as I saw it wasn't me, I could entertain, I could be free from it. All before that, I was trying constantly entertaining freedom as it. I was trying to get freedom as the parasite. For the parasite, by the parasite, not from it. From it works. Yeah? And all the talks I've ever done, which I've never done any of them, have gone to this one point, it never freaking changes. I can talk about it in different ways, but it's the basic same thing. You are what you're looking for. Yeah? The seeker is the sort. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind to seek mind, bigger mind. And what's that implying is, there is no way in hell that Buddha would ever be seeking the Buddha. It would be busily being the Buddha. So there must be a misidentification if the Buddha is seeking the Buddha. And that's what that statement's implying. You're the Buddha. Now. Yeah? The seeking just gets dismissed because you realize you are what you've been looking for. Like it or not. <laughs> it just clears up a whole lot of shit. So, so these, these feelings that happen or these thoughts that happen, um, just, let them, just let them be... Well, it's not you letting them be. I mean, if you, if you didn't see them as yours, it would allow them to come and go a lot easier, yes. Mm -hmm. But the mental state will keep claiming them, mm -hmm. but you'll see that also. You won't be looking from it anymore. Yeah, feelings and thoughts, they come and go, usually very quickly, yeah? But we, what happens, what extends them is the, is the mind. Mm -hmm. We draw it out in time, you know? Yes, so if you could see your role in things, your role would change without any thought effort. You'll just get rearranged. Your deck will get shuffled. Like, I believe recovery isn't about changing, it's about being changed. And really, I believe life on this is always working on this. The 
mental, the brain, the body, the emotional states are always being worked on by this invitation to me. Yeah, and I have faith in it. What's going on? It's like being on an operating table. I just don't get up and I don't play doctor. And things go well. Yeah. Why would I want to butt in? <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. So it just changes. Like in AA, we always say. He uses the word new a lot, which is great. He says, you'll have a new attitude, a new outlook, a new freedom, and a new happiness. New. No, no revamped, no renovated, no resuscitated. A whole new way of seeing things. Yeah? That's what we need here. We don't need another fucking methodology to make it a little better for us. We need to see what we are and what we're not. It would be quite helpful. Yeah? And then when, you, when this was being taken care of, it wouldn't be seen as the center of the universe. It would be seen as, to me, it's just part of the programming. The body is attempting to allow the body to have a quality of life. I really have nothing fucking to do with it, you know? So we're just floating around. Well, I don't know why. I think, right, you know, I don't think there's a we or an us. I just think all there is is verbing to me. I don't know what's going on, really. You know, but I know it's constantly going on. I don't think anything ever happens here. I think it's always happening. I don't. I don't think anything ever happened. Literally. And all the partitions that I had, the mental partitioning of this now, have just faded. So it's just one big mural, really. Just a splash of color, constantly. You know, every, it's amazing when you wake up in the morning, you're just there... And it's like you, it's like Henry Winkler sees the leather jacket, and then the Fonz is on again, you know. <laughs> Paul Hennigan for a day, then I go home to sleep. <laughs> Everything like an etch gets gets erased. I come up to it, uh, Paul Hennigan again. So <laughs> it's like a false continuity scene. <laughs> And it's funny, I'm telling my friends, I've never been old before, so I'm getting old now. It's like a trip. What the fuck? There's no manual. I think we should get manuals. I didn't get a manual for this. No fucking clue. What the hell? You know, because you always think that you have things to do with everything. You wake up in the morning, something's out. <laughs> it just went out. Something you did. I mean, it's a prop. It just hurt all you feeling. I mean, it's really... <laughs> the pretense of you of being the puppet master gets weaker and it's, it's barely on a thread. <laughs> and your head's still 18 years old. <laughs> so I have an old joke I do at the talk to the way, which is, you know, I'm walking across the street and I see this young girl and she's looking at me, I'm oh, I think, yeah, looking pretty good. But, but she's thinking, should I help that old guy? <laughs> <laughs> I still have like a 20 year old man going on. <laughs> it's funny, man. It's so off. It really is. The narration, don't you see the narration how off it is? I did this when I first in recovery. I'll end with that.